Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to, I will say, first of all, I have to preface the title of our show with our Folsom Street edition, because that's what we are. This is our Folsom Street edition. Did you realize that? Um, well, not really, because it's the week before. No, it's not. I'm sorry. It's, it, I don't know where my mind was going. It's the week before. Where? Also, she's not even until next week. Anyways, he tells you that I had too much coffee. Welcome to It's Everything with BB Sweetbriar. It is here where we promise to bring you everything, every time for everybody. And I, you know, don't think we too we fall too short of that. How, what do you think, Kenny? Do you think we're right on point with that? Okay, great. Um, I'm glad that you you believe that. <laughs> but I hope everyone um, had a great week and, and are enjoying uh, whatever is coming before them. I think I posted something earlier on Facebook that said, I think this is a great week to have a great week. <laughs> it's plain and simple. And so I've been doing that and I hope that you have too. And I'm really excited about uh, this show because we haven't done this in a bit where we've uh, kind of visited uh, people involved with the arts and, um, you know, the theater and um, television and film and all of that type of stuff. And we've got two um, amazing interviews set uh, before you today. And um, I think I want to kick it off, you know, strong. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to give you a little light taste of anything. We're going to delve right into it. Uh, coming um, soon um, to Theater Rhino, which is... One of, and I think I don't think a lot of people realize this out there, that Theater Rhino is the oldest LGBT uh, theater in the nation. They'll be approaching 40 next year. Will be their 40th anniversary, and I think that is amazing. That uh, here in San Francisco, that we have we have a lot of the oldest of of everything, but that's kind of interesting. Um, when you talk about theater, that the oldest gay uh, theater is actually here in uh, San Francisco. And they'll be presenting um, starting, uh, it actually does the uh, preview start on 9-24, September 24th, um, but the actual official opening is on September 29th. Uh, they're bringing to the theater at Eureka Theater. I love Eureka because it's not too far from here being in uh, 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 near our area here, and um, a very interesting and a very um, thought-provoking uh, piece called The Brother's Size. And I'm very fortunate to know a little bit about this. I haven't actually seen it myself, but I know a little bit about it, number one, because it's written by uh, Terrell Alvin uh, McCraney, who is um, one of the youngest uh african-american playwrights um out there and um to have this piece and i think he actually wrote this before he was 30 but um we'll ask some questions about that in a, in a second but this is a very interesting piece and i think that many of you out there um would love to go see it and i know i'm gonna love to go see it so i have reached out to the director of the piece um and we have him on the phone, who he happens to be the professor of theater at Cal State East Bay, which I've had the privilege of performing a couple of times during um, some of their LGBT programming 
out there at the college. And none other than Daryl Jones is on the phone. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I hope that uh, this morning or this early afternoon, we'll call it early afternoon, finds you well. <laughs> it, it does. It does, baby. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you over the phone. Oh, well, well, thank, well let's talk about this remarkable play that you um, are, are are directing. And, and, you know, first of all, let me tell a lot of people out there who may not know, you know, other than the fact that I introduced you as uh, a professor of theater um, here in the Bay Area, uh, but you've done quite a few productions where you uh, were directing World and East Bay uh, premieres. And, and I know this is not, you know, that in itself, but... You know, it is a, I think, a magnificent piece for us to kind of build up in that, uh, in that arena, just because of what it is and what it, what the, what the play has to say. Um, so, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the brother size. Um, you know, in in a little bit of a nutshell, and then we'll kind of pick that apart a little bit. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. Um, first of all, I I do go just just. Putting it out there, I go by Daryl V. Jones. Okay, get that then, initial in there. I hear you. And the only the only reason is there are a lot of Daryl Jones <laughs> in the world. Okay, you know how many of them there are. So I said, okay, let me try to have some distinction. Okay, <laughs> okay, there you um, go. And I like that Daryl V. Jones. And the V stands for it's Vincent, and it's it, that means Victoria. So I said, why not? Okay, why not? okay. All right, so. Um, well, you know, the brother's size, first of all, I think it's <laughs> it's size, S-I-Z-E. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is because when I first heard of the play, mm-hmm. I thought they were saying, like, the brother size. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I, I, I wanted, I was like, oh, the brother's size. But then I, I, then I finally saw the play or right. picked it up, and it's, it's S-I-Z-E. So it's um, it's part of the trilogy of plays that Terrell um, Terrell wrote when he was um, in graduate school at Yale, um, and he wrote um, this trilogy of plays that are rooted or sort of grounded in uh, Yoruba um, cosmology and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, and the, uh, the three plays are, I'm going to tell you right now that, well, the, the three plays are, um, isn't this funny? I, I, I'm blanking on what, oh, the, the three plays are in the red brown water, which is the first one, mm-hmm. uh, of the trilogy. And then the second one is the brother size. And the third one is Marcus is Marcus or the secret of sweet. Um, now, um, even though they are sort of they use that Yoruba um, foundation, they all take place where Marcus, where I'm sorry, where Terrell grew up, um, in Louisiana Bayou country, mm-hmm. and um, of course that's kind of appropriate that they would have the Yoruba um, um, influence because that still does exist. Uh, down there in that part of oh yes indeedy um, yes indeedy and and uh, you know a lot of African um, American church tradition and stuff really comes mm-hmm. from African roots we all know this mm-hmm. so um, but 
Um, and the characters, some of the characters are in all three plays. Um, in this particular play, we've got the, who, the, the three Orisha, who are sometimes seen as brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Ogun, Alegba, and Ochusi. Now, in the play, Ogun and Ochusi are blood brothers, but Alegba has a deep spiritual, special con- connection with Ochusi, and um, it, it, so he's a brother as well. It's a, it's, it's a play about brotherhood and, and the love between um, men that can be, um, uh, that can be um, filial, mm-hmm. you know, real brothers, or that can just be out of friendship and and common circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and and, that, and I like that part because basically you're talking about the, you know the the difference of or um, the distinction between um, brothers of birth and brothers of and I think I saw this written somewhere called brothers of desire, and you know those who we choose. To um, you know, you know that whole joke where you, where the people say, um, you know, you're you're my family. You know, you can't choose, you can't necessarily choose the people you're born into. You know, the family you're born into, right. but you can definitely choose those you call your family. Exactly. And and that's kind of I think what you're talking about in that is you know you can have that bond with people who are so close to you, and that you want to, you do have that desire to have them be a familial part. And, you know, and there's no blood relation whatsoever. So I, I think that's probably what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I, I am. And the play explores, um, you know, Ogun is traditionally the god of metal. Mm-hmm. And um, so in this version, um, he is he runs a, uh, a mechanic shop. Um, Alegba is kind of the trickster but also he's always at the crossroads of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Ochusi is the hunter. Mm-hmm. So in this play, we have these three African-American men in the bayou working you know, in a mechanic shop. Um, um, but Terrell has brilliantly... Um, the story is so multi-layered, but one of the things that the play touches on is um, the uh, uh, industrial, I want to say the industrial prison system, but Mm -hmm. it's just that the fact that so many young African-American men end up in prison early in life. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so we do have two characters in this play that have been in prison, but they're out now. And now what do they do? Now what, yeah, yeah. Well, now what lies before them? <laughs> right. What are their opportunities mm-hmm. given that they have already been in prison and also that um, their lives have been um, influenced by oppression right. and the, discrimination? Yeah. Um, um, their 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 perception of freedom is probably way different <laughs> than now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so um, we have this beautiful story of these brothers that uh, are helping each other, trying to to discover a way for for Ochusi, discover a way out, mm-hmm. a, a way out of um, that that syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
what's beautiful too, and I, I love this about the story, is because um, the it's it's rooted in African uh, spirituality, but the other part of that is, and I teach this in history of black theater, is when the African uh, enslaved Africans um, came to were forced to come to this country. Um, they brought their traditions, they brought a lot of their music, and that music and traditions that they, you know, the fact that they actually sang through their day mm-hmm. as part of their or and danced through their day as part of the experience of daily life. Mm-hmm. So um, Terrell has incorporated that into this play as well so that there are these moments of song. There are these moments of field holler like chants or work or um, 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 chain gang chants. There are these moments of blues and wails. And so it's not a musical, but it's filled with the music of the soul of the African American um, diaspora. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and what about the way it's written? Um, uh, is there a, uh, a, 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 like a, not a poetic, uh, but maybe, maybe, it, it, I mean, there seems to, is there some rhythm to the way it's written? Well, you know, that's interesting. It's, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's written, Pharrell writes prosaic, I mean, he writes in poetry and prose mm-hmm. in this. But it's not the kind of poetry you're not going to hear a meter. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's written it out in a, in a in a poetic form, but never is there any meter that we hear okay. or any rhyme scheme. Okay. It's very, it flows very. It, you know, it's it sounds very spoken, or I, I mean, very ordinary speech. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's beautiful. It is. He has so embraced. <laughs> the rhythms and the music of that part of the country, uh, the way African-Americans speak, um, that it's, uh, that alone is poetic. Um, And then, you know, every once in a while in the script, it jumps to a a prose section where it's not written in um, any sort of meter or whatever. But you really, um, it's, I'm not. I'm not dismissing that it's there because I don't want to do that to him. But you don't hear it, mm-hmm. so it's not like you're going to be coming and hearing, you know, Shakespeare or um, uh, even even. It's not even like um, uh, for colored girls. Okay. Really yeah, there that yeah, and that and that's kind of the distinction I kind of wanted to bring up. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is exactly what was in my head. So I'm glad. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad that you. That's exactly the the distinction that I wanted to to make there, and I'm so glad that you used that particular title because I think everybody will get what I was trying to trying to ask there. Um, I want to. I'm. We're going to take a quick break and come back, and I want to kind of um, ask you a little bit about. Um, uh, the queer, um, uh, why this is an LGBT theater, let's put it that way. And, um, and then also, and I do want to just tell you my personal, uh, you, you, you hit upon the music and dance, um, as a part of everyday life, um, of, um, you know, our heritage, uh, background and coming here. And, and I just had something that I went through recently, uh, this past weekend in which that really came to life of where I, I definitely uh, 
pulled on that, so pulled upon. Uh, you know, I, I really resorted to that. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break because i got to pay some bills. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with uh, Professor Dale V. Jones, who's the director of an upcoming play at Theater Rhino called The Brothers Size. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Progressive Voices Channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Sines, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale.com. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for staying with us. Um, If you happen to be just joining us, uh, we are It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar, and we are the weekly Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show. And it's um, I hope that those of you who have been listening have been enjoying my uh, current interview uh, with Professor Daryl V. Jones, who is directing a new play coming to uh, the Theater Rhino at Eureka Theater uh, very soon in the next couple of weeks here, and we'll get back with the exact dates and whatnot. But the name of the sh- the play is the Brothers' Size, and we were size, and we were just uh, talking about that. And and you mentioned uh, Daryl that in the the play there is um, the the writer uh, Terrell Alvin, and is it McCraney or McCraney? McCraney. McCraney um, incorporates uh, music and dance. Um, in this piece, which very much was a part of our African heritage on a day-to-day basis, you know, wake up in the morning singing, go to work singing, you know, and and when they came here to the country, as you mentioned, enslaved, uh, in the fields doing the same thing, but also under, you know, when things were 
at their worst, they seem to be singing. And I happened to be asked to do um, something at a political uh, function this weekend. And I really, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when I wanted to put out something, you know, that I'm passionate about and sometimes that I'm enraged about, I think about Negro spirituals and things like that. And that's what I did. I sang. And, you know, and and a lot of people ask me, I was like, oh, um, you didn't say anything. And it's like, actually, I said a lot in the song that I sang. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, and it's kind of interesting how, like, that to me is always my first thought when I want to say something of meaning or have some emotional significance. I think a song. Well, I I kind of agree with you. I I mean, song is heightened it's heightened reality mm-hmm. uh and it kind of lifts it 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 touches a uh when you sing and this is actually one of the lines one of the lines in the play when you sing it comes from somewhere deep inside of you mm-hmm. um that 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 and and music is the universal language mm-hmm. so that when someone is singing from a place deep inside of them, uh, it, it, it has a way of transcending, uh, the, transcending normal human experience and goes to a much deeper place. Um, and it also brings together people of different experience exactly. so that you don't have to be, in, in other words, even with this play, even though it's uh, African-American based, you, you don't have to have the African-American experience in order to walk away with something yes. or to actually even probably relate to something because through song and through some of that that he's putting into this show where, like you said, the language is common, music, um, they're probably going to find something. Oh my God, I didn't think I was going to relate to that. But after he started singing that, <laughs> you know, and I, and I felt the rhythm behind what he was singing, I, I, it relates to my boss the other day, you know, something, you know, something they're going to be able to relate to that. And I, and I kind of like when playwrights do that. Um, I don't, you know, the whole thought is, is maybe on one avenue, like again, this African American experience uh, with these these three characters, but you don't necessarily, you know, for the public out there, you don't have to have lived it in order to, uh, you know, come in and relate to it and walk away with something. And one of the things that I wanted to, you know, get into a little bit because this is happening with um, uh, Theodore Rhino, which I explained at the beginning uh, of the program, is the nation's oldest uh, LGBT theater. Um, out there, almost 40 years old, which I did not realize it was hitting that anniversary. But um, um, so what, uh, what, what is in this, this, this play um, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, allows it or not necessarily allows it, but lands itself in this gay theater? Um, okay, that's, uh, well... You know, it's funny. A lot of productive the play has been done before, and um, if you if you Terrell, I can say that Terrell is an openly gay playwright. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing. Um, I mean, it, it's even if it's just that the playwright is is gay, it's 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 appropriate that you know he would be produced by such an icon in the theater today, it would be, it's appropriate that he would be produced by the oldest gay theater in the country, or LGBTQ um, um, 
theater in the country. Um, but this play, see, I don't want to say too much about it. Okay. There, there, there is, because it's part of the play that okay. the discovery is made. Okay. Um, so let me just say that he does explore different types of brotherly relationships. Okay. Okay. And I, I want to leave it at that because... I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you um, know it, because you know I'll have to have my Oprah moment. I have to get you to say more, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna have to get that well, Oprah moment on you. I can uh, say that the, within the trilogy, within all three plays, we see this journey from, and you know the thing is, in that part of the country, and maybe in African American society and well, society period. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time when people kind of let um, gay men and women do their thing, but it was kind of unspoken. Right. So that that's kind of like the first play. Then the second play comes along, our play, and and challenge and pushes us a little further. By the time he gets to Margaret Marcus, the Secret of Sweet, which kind which def, or the Secret of Sweet, which definitely is a play that takes that resonates very contemporary, very urban, or you know today, um, very today, not urban. Um, he's he's coming out. Marcus mm-hmm. is coming out in that play. In our play, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. You did well. You did. Now, there, there are three young men, um, Bay Area young men, that are playing the leads in, um, in this play. Can you uh, introduce us to them by name? I can, and I am so happy to because they have become. Well, you talk about family. Mm-hmm. They have become like my sons, my naughty, <laughs> <laughs> my naughty boys. I call them my three sons. Um, okay. Um, now you know there's some young folks out there who have no idea what you talk about when in that reference for the I know. Pre- okay. <laughs> we'll cover that on another show y'all <laughs> we, we, we can cover that later um, uh, yeah they, they are great um, so playing the role of Otusi Otusi size is Gabriel Christian and uh, Gabriel um, Gabriel actually grew up in New York and um, he is a uh, Yale graduate, undergraduate. He went to Yale for undergraduate school and moved here to the Bay Area. And my guess is you'll be hearing a lot more about Gabriel Christian. Okay. Um, Alegba is being played by Julian Green, and Julian is a native of this area of the Bay Area, and he was actually in a show not too long ago. But this brain is not remembering the name of the show. Oh, but it was produced by the Three Women Theater Company. Okay, okay. Um, um, he was in their last show. And Ogun Size is played by Lakedrick Wimberly. And Lakedrick, um, Lakedrick is the only member in the cast that actually hails from Louisiana. Louisiana, okay. <laughs> okay, now that's great. That's and great. He brings, yeah, he brings the real He brings up some authenticity to the whole thing, okay? <laughs> he does. He really does. And um, uh, he, uh, he's, he, he had also had attended um, the Goodman um, School of Theater for a while. And so they're, they're terrific. It's a great, they're, it's a great cast. They, 
um, have managed to embrace not only this very complex text, um, uh, beautifully poetic text, but they're singing and dancing and um, doing it all. Yeah, that you have to be kind of real well-rounded in, in their craft to to pull off um, this piece. Now, um, it does open for previews on September 24th, I believe. Um, but your actual opening night is September 29th. That is correct. And that's at Eureka Theater. Um, and it does run until the 15th of October. And I usually hate giving the ending date because I always think people always think, oh, I got time. You ain't got no time. Run out and get your tickets now. Yeah, you don't have time because it's going to be a hit. Okay. It's and it's, hit. Yeah, that's Can the thing. I quickly say I have to give a shout out to the also to the choreographer. Oh, yeah, please because, do. Because it's Laura Elaine Ellis and... A lot of people in the Bay Area will know mm-hmm. her name because she is the producer of the Bay Area Black Choreographers Festival, which mm-hmm. she has been doing, I think, for over 20 years now. Um, so uh, Laura is Laura, and uh, Laura's done most of the choreography. I've I've stepped in and done a little bit, so that's uh, I just okay. want to her. And you can get tickets at um, www.therhino, and that's r h i n o dot org. Um, ladies and gentlemen, off. I'm already going to be going, and um, so I love to come back and report as a follow up to the experience that I had. And I'm not expecting anything less than over the top fabulous. And um, uh, Daryl, thank you so much for joining me today um, in you know giving us a taste of the piece itself, and um, you know looking to the actors involved. And of course, you know your experience to this project is without saying um probably the best thing they could have asked for so thank you for uh being on the show well thank you and i i do want to say if people want to come to the theater and feel good and feel like they've spent they've taken a huge journey come Mm -hmm. see this play it's amazing well i think that is a great message to leave all of you guys on when it comes to the brothers size it's going to be at the Eureka Theater is a part of the Theater Rhino, uh, beginning 924 for previews, and it opens on 929. We've been speaking with Daryl V. Jones, who's the director, and we're going to take another brie- brief message, and when we come back, we'll have our next guest. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are the weekly Sunday edition of the Michelle Meow Show, which gives us most significance by being a part of that. Don't you agree, Kenny? Kenny Kenny knows that uh, because of that, we are... Big shit. That's all I have to say. Anyway, 
<laughs> anyway, welcome back. And I'm glad if you stayed with us uh, from our previous interview with uh, Professor Daryl V. Jones. And um, we talked about his direction of the upcoming play, The Brothers Size, here at Theater Rhino at the Eureka Theater uh, this coming September 24th through October 15th. So please check that out at www.therhino.org for tickets. But the music that I just played um, is an intro to our second half of the show with not our regular theme music. No, sir, it was not. But that was Cocaine and Whiskey by our next guest, um, who happens to have ventured a little bit away from his music and um, gone into his other roots of entertainment or arts, because this is our arts show, ladies and gentlemen, um, and gone back a little bit more into his acting and has put together, co-written, and has co-directed a new web series called The Body Hair. I'm just going to let that linger, body hair. Because, um, you know, my mind never goes to the hair on the top of your head for some reason. I know. But anyway, I'm talking about no other than jo- Jason Dotley. Hi, Jason. Hi, gorgeous. How are uh, okay. You? Thank you First of me. all, it has to be at least, what, 3 o'clock there? Are you it's, coming uh, from? It's, it's, You're in Florida, right? Yeah, you're in yeah Flo- I'm in Florida, but I'm in the central Florida, Florida. I'm okay. Really- the largest concentration of uh, the deplorables are located. Okay. I think like 30% of the 50% of deplorables, the basket is right here where I'm at in the central time zone portion of Florida. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not reason why I brought that up as far as time versus my time is the fact yeah. that you, you, you're not as uh, exuberant as I'm usually hearing you on the other end of the phone. And you should be, well, you, you should have been, because I know you I, get up early. I'm, well, I'm just about to do a line of blow right now. So in about three <laughs> seconds, I am going to be... You're going to be off the charts, now. yeah. Off the charts, literally. So how are you, my friend? It's been a long time since we've had an opportunity to visit um, in uh, the capacity of media. We've visited on some other occasions, but, you know, we haven't been on the radio or in an interview in a bit. The last time I talked to you, actually, you were about to put out your... Uh, what became your first... Top ten. Uh, oh, don't you? Oh, yeah. That was that's that, that, yeah. It was a while ago. So, congratulations on that. And now you're about to do it again. Oh, you know? I'm trying to follow in your yeah. footsteps. You know what I'm saying? You're you're, <laughs> you're you've been my inspiration in music. You know, putting it out there and doing it, and you know, rocking the world. But you've moved away from that. You put out a statement a few uh, a couple months ago, uh, telling the world that you were going to step away from, you know, all of this billboard charting uh, music and stuff that you were putting out and going back into your acting world, which, you know, we, you know, definitely became most aware of you during the time you were doing the Sorted Live series and, um, and uh, you know, we were doing other works and definitely a part of media in general. But but now you've started uh, another project, which is what brings us here to the show today. And it's a web series, which seems to be all the frickin' rave. That's what, it's just like everyone is trying to put out some something on the web. But this is what 
bothers me about this, which doesn't bother me about you, but bothers us about what I think is happening is because everybody, you know, there's nothing anybody can do it. You know, at least with some like high priced dollar productions, there's got to be, you know, something out there that they think they're going to get their money's worth back by putting this project out. So they kind of go in a little and kind of weed out the not so good to, you know, and the good. But on the web, you can find anything, honey. You know that. You can find trashy trash trash. Like to I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that you can find my penis <laughs> on the internet. Well, I don't know if that's the true only thing not. about rumors is that it <laughs> gives you the it gives you it's kind of a fifty fifty because it could be true and it could be not true. So let me just tell you this: the word rumor should not be used in your statement because it is on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, hey, drop the word yeah. rumor. That okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just say that your penis can be found on the internet. Okay, that's all you need to say. Um, but <laughs> but that, that is a sad part about me watching your web series is that there is no penis. Yet. You know, we're just getting started. Oh, this is just season uh, one. Oh, you're trying to give us some hint into season two. Well, I mean, the problem is that my love interest right now in the show actually doesn't have a penis. So, oh, oh um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's trans, and um, but, you know, I mean, here's the thing. There wasn't visible penis, but in the <laughs> first episode, you definitely hear Brian, who oh, yes. is on hold, um, giving it to my Oh, mom. wait a minute. Brian is on the phone? I, I, I don't know if here, I guess. Oh, my God. The moaner himself. I, I love that. I get so... The finger, the finger. Okay, we'll have to set this up before I ask you that question. We have to, we have to set this up. So the thing about body hair, ladies and gentlemen, is it kind of takes on, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying this reference, uh, Jason. The series in the ep, well, the episodes kind of take on the mindset that I believe Netflix has kind of latched onto is that we don't need to have forty-eight minutes of stuff. To be intrigued with your episode that we can have 24 and a half minutes and be totally satisfied but you even dropped it down to even more you you've put together this show for stoners uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that four minutes five minutes right and we're done <laughs> <laughs> you write what you know. Rule number one, BB Sweet Briar. <laughs> You've given us five minutes of pure hit it and quit it, and, you know, we can go on, you know. So that's why, because you wrote this with your partner in crime, uh, Tia Morris, and what— and Let me tell you, uh, i got to be honest. She wrote 90% of that. I helped the story, and I guided her. But um, she was kind enough to share that credit. I didn't really deserve it. Oh, <laughs> I love that you own your shit. That's so good. Thank Just you. Just the truth. <laughs> you know. I love it. I love it. Well, this, what was the, now you guys obviously filmed this all the way through, I'm assuming. And then you decided as the editor, because you edited this, sh uh, this show. Um, to mm. chop it the way you chopped it? Or how, how did you plan? Did you plan on doing just, you know, five, six minutes, whatever the time is on each episode? Or did, was this like, okay, let's just go in, here's a script, we did the whole thing, and then you decided how it was going to be chopped up? Um, we, everything was pretty deliberate. We, um, we, and we're, our, our biggest form of inspiration, and this is to answer your question, mm. 
there's a show on Comedy Central called Broad City. And when Tia was staying with me, we were prepping for a tour that I ended up never uh, ended up taking it, taking up the offer. She was here getting it with, at my house, getting ready with me. She shows me this show, and it's um, and you know I've sold it. To, I just, I sold my first TV series to Sony um, when I was 27. So and I've pitched all over LA and different things, and um, and so I'm watching this show, Broad City, and I'm loving it. It's just it, it's just my kind of lightweight, like you know, early evening. I'm stoned, hysterical TV show. But I kept thinking, how did they sell this? Because it's a show about two white girls who smoke weed in New York City. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I were the executive, I was like, and? You know, like, I don't, I don't, like, what's special about that? Um, and Tia said, well, you know, it started off as a web series. And so I, had, I went to YouTube immediately. And the web series episodes were, like, a minute and a half long. They're sometimes, like, four minutes long. And they were shitty quality. They weren't very funny. I was like, what? This is not even... It was the same thing that I was like, this sucks mm-hmm. in every capacity. But they built up a following, you know? And I'm comparing it, obviously, to the Comedy Central budgeted show I saw first. So mm-hmm. had I seen the web series first, I'm sure I would have had a different, you know, affection for it. Um, and so I didn't know Tia was a writer. And, um, I, you know, we need something funny and I'm ready to act again. And she came to me with this idea, and I said, well, you write it, and I'll produce it. So I guided her. You know, I was, um, it's, uh, I, I was married to this man at one time who, you know, is <laughs> probably one of the most published playwrights in, yes. uh, yeah. in Samuel French's catalog. And I, I've, I've been around for the birth and the creation of a lot of projects and film scripts and TV scripts. And, you know, I'm always paying attention, and I'm always learning. And my ex-husband was always, as we worked together, he was always teaching me. Um mm. And so I kind of guided her the way that, you know, I, I knew to do. She didn't need hardly any of it. She wrote that script so fast. But to answer your question about the, the splitting of the episodes, um, she didn't write something, like, she wasn't trying to write, uh, you know, a, an hour-long movie. It, it wasn't meant to be, it, must, it wasn't meant to be watched all at once because the humor is light and punchy and it should come and go. Um, so we intentionally did write, it was actually 10 episodes that were written, and by the time, um, and it's all scripted, like we, we were allowed off script maybe in two scenes. Brian and I got off script in the car and maybe one other time. Um, but uh, it was all scripted. But by the time I started editing it down, which was probably the most challenging job of my career, um, some things had to go. You know, some things don't work. And the timing is off. And the way the episode breakdown happened, it ended up being eight. Because I wasn't interested in putting out, like, one episode or something and then, like, begging for money. And I wasn't interested in putting out, like, three episodes or something. And then begging for money. Everybody I I know that is trying to be an actor, an actor has a a teaser reel for one or some shit. I said, if we're going to do it, I want a full season because I don't want a press release that says Jason Dotley, you know, is... Attempting. No, I like it. No, no, no. Is attempting to do a web series. No, 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 no. We have one, you know. Um, there you go. Thank yeah, you, you know. That's, that's, well, I love that. I, but I have a, I hate that word attempting. No, I, I'm doing. I'm going to take a break because um, I have to buy some coffee for the office and um, we need to get some coins. So um, I'm going to take a break with some commercial okay. break. But when I come back, I want to bring into the conversation, not let you hog everything, um, Brian. Um, and, um, 
and that's for personal reasons. But anyway, um, I'll <laughs> what? but we'll be back. He's like, I get that. You have to explain to him who I am, Jason. And then, um, and then we'll talk more about the eight episodes. And you do have a binge um, kind of epi- edition going on now, too, so everybody can watch it all in one sitting if they want to. But we'll be right back with Jason Dotley after this message. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. And welcome back. Thank you guys so much for staying with us. I just earned enough to go get my coffee at the store. Thank you so much. You are on It's Everything with BB Sweetbriar, and we're here on Sunday. And I have um, my second of two guests. Actually, I have three because there is a, uh, um, a secret person on the other end, I guess. Not too much of a secret. Um, but Jason Dotley is with me with um, one of uh, his actors in his recent web series called Body Hair. So Brian's on the phone with us. And I want to, you know, I think Body Hair, the title, I want to get to the title real quick because I bet you everybody thinks this is about a hair salon, huh? Well. Or or a waxing place, like where you go get (laughs) Brazilians or something, right? Well, you're halfway there. I mean, the the show is, it's, it, for, it's just it's a weird title, and that, that was interesting. I'm always about things that are being interesting. Uh, but basically, my character is supposed to be handling body at mm-hmm. the gym, and Dee Dee's character, Tia's character, is supposed to be handling hair. But we both, as you can tell, like we're both very um, inefficient at our at our jobs. But so it's, it's a hair salon that's actually built into a gym, which mm-hmm. is just like ours here. It's exactly the way it is. 
So, yeah, body. And and your character is kind of interesting because he can you kind of play um um well, lack of a better word, has been um who's coming back <laughs> who's kind of um like living off of a, a a name he built earlier, and then he's come to this gem. To, to is that kind of the right characterization of your character? Oh, well, I'm just I'm a disgraced. I'm not. Well, has been would definitely work. I'm I'm a I'm a loser. Imagine you know imagine <laughs> Oprah's most trusted personal trainer who trained her guests when she was in Chicago. You know, mm-hmm. um, been with her for ten years. Well, at that's my character, and he started a gossip blog called It. Um, and it was anonymous, and he was he was getting all of his private all of his gossip from these huge stars and Oprah that he was training in Chicago, and then he gets busted. So he's like this publicly disgraced. His blog goes to you know goes to crap. He you know obviously can't get a client because he's untrustworthy, and he's had to move back home and with his mom who's and a, go take hilarious. a uh, training at his. It's the gym he started off at. Um, right. He just unaware that he has a new manager, and that is that's the guy who has to give me a work in, a ride to work in the morning because my character has no car. He shares the van <laughs> with his mom, and so this so Brian Hilario, who's on the phone, who I hear having you know doing my mom in the morning, he has to get, take me on my first ride to work after I've heard it. It's it's just awkward. Well, um, that yeah, that's him. That opening scene. Is awkward. Uh, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how are you, my love? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm fine. Great. Yeah, let's talk about... Man, that was like... I had to double check to make sure I was on the right web. You, I mean, thank God your face was lying there. And then I thought, I thought this was... A, I said, is this not adult... Like, expli- like, I was really confused. I thought, is this a new porn series? Or, you know? <laughs> and... um. Then they start talking about fingers going places and, you know, and, you know, and you enjoying it and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. (laughs) Kind of. Um, The first knuckle was okay, but then she went about three knuckles deep and then I was like, not okay anymore. You know, it's kind of interesting. What I want to know is, you know, it's really kind of interesting when you have people already develop a perception about a character without ever seeing the person on screen yet and that's what happens with you from that scene you know yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> we are already expecting you know what we're expecting before we see your face well that's good because my character definitely doesn't doesn't let that that, that perception down yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you live up to it in every sense of, of the word. That's really good. So how how um, how was it that you got involved with this project with Jason? I mean, do you guys have um, history working together before? Uh, no, actually. I uh, I worked with Daphne Lewis, who's mm-hmm. another character on the, on the show. And she called me up and she was like, hey, I've got this web series that we're shooting and we thought you'd be great for a role. Um, and it's actually funny because originally she called me up for a different one a different role uh, she oh what the old lady in the um the old lady in the 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 spin class or whatever is that what she was thinking no, you're gonna no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were gonna yeah it, it was fine it was gonna be a stretch but I was just gonna be a hairy guy in a <laughs> yeah I just wondered you know okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was really supposed to be Randy and then we just we 
got to the reading and I ended up reading Alex and that's where I ended up staying. So now, now Randy is isn't that Dee Dee's boss? Uh, that is Randy. Sorry. Go ahead, Jason. No, no, no. That, that Randy is the guy that I get the hot for. Who's uh, oh, that's right. Who comes in? That's right. Okay. He's a oh, character, yeah. oh. No, no. Jason had you dibbed for that role. That had nothing to do with Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> that was there. You go. It was, it was, he was a little um, disappointed. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> actually, actually, Brian. Let me tell you what happened. I think it was Brian said something like. Um, thank God you didn't give me that role because there's no way I could have padded down my package enough to pass for not having a penis. Oh, my God. It was, I said it more eloquently, but my God. Oh, well, you know, Hey. Well, I next time, we next time, I need to be apparently on the casting, um, the uh, <laughs> to you know what they call the what ca- casting director or whatever that is. I need to do that. Um, well, um, they, they, like like we said before, there's only eight episodes, and you originally put them out as eight, you know, eight separate. You know, we could set it up so, of course, you can go on YouTube and it will play one after the other uh, on YouTube, but. Um, were you finding by chance that people weren't going through all, I'm just kind of wondering why you decided to go ahead and then later release the binge, um, episode, which puts them all under one, you know, um, sitting, you know, one was it? Um, I'll tell you why, because of, there was a couple of contributing factors. One is that it's a lot cheaper to promote one link in a Facebook status from a Facebook page than it is to have to to promote eight different links. Well, so there's, there's um, the, there's the producer side of things. Go ahead. <laughs> um, in addition to that, um, okay, so think about it from a view, view count perspective. Mm-hmm. You start watching the binge edition, and you love it. You love it, right? But you actually can't sit for the full 31 minutes. So you stop like a third through or a quarter through, and then you come back to it later, and it takes you like maybe four views to watch the whole thing. Well, I get four view counts off of your one experience in my show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, a numbers game. A numbers game? It's a numbers game. And then also, quite honestly, um, because we launched it as a Facebook exclusive at first, because Facebook likes to promote their own, their own content more than outside content. Um, and then um, I found that. For me personally, like if I like like something that was short like this, and I was on like like I was on a treadmill or whatever, and I could hit one link and just zip through without all the credits and everything. Mm-hmm. Or if I wanted to show it to somebody and I'd already seen it, so like I didn't need to, you know, just I just thought it was needed. It's only 31 minutes of your life, and um, it you know, and also some film festivals are interested, and it sort of makes it a bit more seamless without it being. It was never meant to be a movie. It just you right. know you got to consume it with with some breath. Well, and it gives you options. It really it, it really gives it really because I mean if I'm into it, you know I can tell you from my Netflix experience when I'm into it, I just let that automatic keep rolling anyway, and um, yeah. I very you know very rarely and because they only have you know most of theirs are eight ten episodes per season. Um, it, yeah. it doesn't. It, it seems like it's it's very. Um, 
possible for me to do that. I really hate when I look at something and go, there's 22 episodes. Like, oh, damn, it's going to take me three years to look at this, you know, Uh, (laughs) because I don't have that kind of time, you know. But if you catch me and I have 30 minutes, I could watch your whole episode, your whole season, you know. Yeah, that's the plan. You know, that's really... And, and your and your thoughts are definitely that you're going to hopefully get this at some point in time, the interest of some major executives or some people to try and pick this up to go on um, network TV of some sort? Yeah, like whoever I have to blow. I mean, what I, you know, I would like to, like HBO right now is promoting, um, like why, like on their main, if you have HBO Go or HBO Now, a series called High Maintenance, mm-hmm. and they... It's uh, it's um, they did this show did three episodes a season for six seasons, and it's about a, a weed delivery guy in Manhattan, and it's so accurate. The episodes are very short, like five minute long, and HBO just bought it. They're airing the web series um, online, and then they've they're debuting a full season of six full 30, 30 minute episodes, brand new on HBO. So, you know, I would like to use this as a way of getting a budget, the proper budget and production company and distribution company behind us so that we can have what would honestly be a season one, but season one on television. Um, yeah. And, you know, thank all these actors with me and... Well, well, you might want to rethink of who's going to be doing the blowing. I think you might want to enlist Brian's in there. He might get a little further than you. But any other... He has no experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a lot of people giving instead of getting on the blowing end, so you might want to rethink that. But anyway, (laughs) um, they can find the series, which is Body Hair, everybody, on YouTube. Now, do you have a specific um, channel just for Body Hair, or they go to your channel, right? You know, it's the easiest thing in the world to do is go to bodyhairtv.com. Okay. And they're all listed there, and you can click to a, a link to watch the binge episode. Okay, so. bodyhairtv.com, ladies com. and gents, and watch it. It is funny, and it was really easy to watch, and I did laugh a lot. Um, and um, thank you so much for offering this out there. Thanks for joining us, Brian. And Jason, as always, you know I love you. Um, I think that's the end of our show. You know, I'm sorry we couldn't spend more time, but, you know, we're going to touch base with you again, I'm sure, before everything's over, you know, as it gets on, because it's going to get where you want it to go, Jason, because you're just that kind of guy. And, um, Uh, you know, and if there's anything we can do to make that happen, we'll be more than happy to oblige. So thank you guys for... Thank you for having us on. No problem. Loved it. And I hope I see you soon. Uh, Yeah, me too, me too, me too. A couple of months from now, I'll be up. I'll get up that direction. Okay, sounds All right, guys. Thank you for having us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, bodyhairtv.com. Okay. Now. Okay. And, <laughs> and this is BB Sweet Bar signing off of It's Everything, and we'll see you next week, which will be Folsom Street Fair Week. <laughs> Make it dance, dance, dance to my rock and roll Make it drink, drink, drink to the whiskey soaks yourself, oh yeah Dance, dance, dance to my rock and roll Keep doing lines so you lose control Can't see higher than enough Hot pop, oh yeah Go get on my street They came to visit me Go get on my street They came to tell me Go get on my street Everything was gonna be alright Go get on my street They came to visit me Go get on my street